Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I have a glorious guest today, and it's Anne Willen. And when I say she's the queen, she's the queen, she's very modest and says, oh, Denise, stop. But she is the queen. So let me tell you, Anne Willen has more than 50 years of experience as a cooking teacher, author, and a culinary historian. And she owned the famed French cooking school, La Varenne. If any of you were lucky enough to ever attend it in Paris, I was. Now, she has received so many awards that uh, if I tell everyone all the awards Anne has won, I think I'm going to make you feel bad for the rest of the day <laughs> because it's overwhelming how much she has accomplished in her lifetime. Now, we Zoomed to London, where Anne lives now. Stick with us. Zoom was a little finicky this morning, so the sound at first, it, it, it warms up to us. And we're very grateful that we could talk to Anne. And Anne has been on tour with her latest book, Women in the Kitchen, 12 Essential Cookbook Writers Who Defined the Way We Eat, from 1661 to today. And I'm going to tell you, for people that want to write a cookbook, and talks to us today about part of her process. And really, there isn't a moment that Anne isn't speaking to me that I don't garner a gleam of information or inspiration. So please have a listen and thank you so much. Here we go. Hello, this is Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I'm, I'm triple excited today because Anne Willen, the queen, the queen Anne Willen is on our podcast. And I have to tell you, if I read, read Anne's bio, it's overwhelming how much Anne has accomplished. I'm impressed with it all the time, but I need to share something with you. I just think of Anne as a very dear friend of mine, and she has been a mentor to me. We used to get to have lunches in Santa Monica, and the pearls of wisdom she would share with me when I needed them meant everything to me. So here is the one and only Anne Willen. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Denise, and how great to hear you. I am thrilled. You look wonderful. We're Zooming just because everybody knows we record the podcast now on Zoom. So Anne, I received your latest book, Women in the Kitchen. I read it from cover to cover one afternoon. It was like the most lovely, luxurious afternoon where I was uninterrupted. It's a wonderful, thought-provoking book, especially when you've been in food for a long time. So where did this come from? What idea? Where did you get this idea? Well, you, I'm sure, have one of my earlier books called The Cookbook Library. Yes! When I wrote The Cookbook Library, I kept thinking, the women, it's not they got a bum rap. I <laughs> There was so much more to say. And so I had it in the back of my mind always to give women a greater voice. I love it. So that was the next book I wanted to do. And this is it. And you know what? My favorite one time at an award show, Michel Richard stood up to receive an award and he was crying and he said, because my mother taught me how to cook. <laughs> so what you're saying, I think that it's just, it, it gives women voices you're, and from a long time ago. And how did you do the research? Well, the research 
was pretty well all in the books themselves. Okay. And I mean, we start with 1671 and the first printed cookbook in English by a woman. And from there, they found themselves. I mean, I don't feel really, I wrote it when I was in the States and it's for an American, for American readers, Got it. not um, really for European readers. So we don't have the famous Mrs. Beaton. I am. Get her, we have Fanny Farmer instead. Yes. So each of them leads to another. I loved it, Anne. It was, it's a lovely read. I can't say that enough. What is the most surprising thing to you when you did this? Because I know how long you worked on it. And it's hard. I mean, people, I always say this, Anne, people don't realize how much work goes into writing a book. Well, some of the work was done for me by my husband, collected cookbooks. That's right. Not only did he collect the books, but he would say, you know, there's a very important book um, just in here between so-and-so and so-and-so. So the books had been found by Mark, and it was up to me to kind of read them and try the recipes and decide, and this was the most interesting part about them, I think, who they were. Yes. The broadest sense of where they came from. They were all educated, obviously. They could all read, write, and only one of them had to have a self-confessed editor because she hadn't enough education to pull the book together herself. And that was the American really pioneer, Amelia Simmons. Got it. If you think of the women were writing cookbooks, and before, especially in America, before they even had the vote, before they could own their own property, before they could, you know, it's just, it, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And I'm thrilled to hear that Mark was still there by your side helping you because oh, you, absolutely. because you two were quite a partnership. We know that. Uh, yes, we were. Edited some of them, uh, some of the chapters, some of the stories. Gotcha. Now answer me so we can wow people as they're listening, Anne. How many cookbooks have you written? Well... <laughs> If you count the 18-part series as 18 books, then it's over 30. That's what I thought. Um, but what I'd call serious books that aren't just 30, 40 recipes long and leaflets, I, I would say 15. Fabulous. Now, recently, not too long ago, you were inducted to the James Beard's Hall of Fame, and And, I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. Excuse me, even you have to be impressed with yourself for that. Yes. And you're very modest. I'm not going to... joining very special people. Yes. 
Yes. Judy, Julia. Yes, that's exactly right. Now, madam, if you had to pick a favorite cookbook of yours, one or two, what would they be? It's a very simple answer. Okay. You sent questions and I had no um, hesitation about that, this one. It's French regional cooking, which has a butter colored cover. It was the first serious book I ever wrote. It has, I think about 200 recipes and it entailed driving all over France, looking in um, charcuterie and bakers, and a few, but not many, re local restaurants, because it's not a restaurant book, to find out this was in 1970-71, what people were eating in that area. And you, you find it out in the charcuteries and, and, and the pastry shops. Yes. And of course it was a wonderful, it was several trips, but it was a wonderful exploration in the days before auto routes. Yes. There was only one auto route that we encountered really towards the end of the book, of the book research. Did Mark drive? In Mark drove. Of course. And we both agreed on where to go. Okay. Oh, so, he didn't um, drive everywhere, but he did definitely plot the routes. And he was very much, as always with what I did, part of what I did, because he would say, no, that's the wrong direction. Take a different direction. Got it. I love it. I have to tell you the time that I was in a charcuterie not too long ago, the last time I was in Paris. And there, it was... I think it was going into the fall. So there were some specialty cheeses. And the gentleman, the cheese, it was more cheese than charcuterie, but okay. His name was Stephen. And as I was just pointing to one of his cheeses to ask him a question about it, he said to me, Madam, do not touch my cheese. Uh, oh, no. And I started to laugh. I, I hadn't touched it. And of course, I immediately said, I beg your pardon. And he kind of just, I was afraid now he wouldn't even sell me the cheese. But then we started talking. And I said, you know, Stephen, da, 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 something about a cookbooks. And I said, you know, I didn't know Julia Child. And Anne Willen is a friend of mine. So I dropped the big names, Anne, and he immediately said, you're not trying to fool me. <laughs> I said, I'm not fooling you. That's true. And after that, I touched the cheese. I tasted the cheese. I bought Well, the that's great. So oh, I yeah, my name counts for something. Oh, it, it meant everything in Stephen's shop, I'll tell you that. And then he went on to tell me that he owned many of your cookbooks and it was a very charming encounter. So I was always very grateful and I probably never told you that because I was embarrassed that he yelled at me. I, when people read your book, and there is, I, I could list the people, but it's Alice Waters, there's Julia, of course, in there. 
how, what, and uh, all of them, all of the ladies that cook, that wrote cookbooks, and what, because you were so close to Julia, can you share with us one of your favorite memories of Julia? Because when you met her, Julia was already very established, wasn't she? She was, but she was also at the beginning of her serious fame. She just started, it's exactly the age of our daughter. So it's nearly 50 years ago right now. And she was just, she said, oh, you must come. I wrote her a note because she, in typical Julia style, had written me a charming note about a book that I'd just written. And she said, you must come and see the show. And so Mark and I did. They were taping. They were taping, I think not live, but certainly no stopping and starting and editing. Right. And Paul, uh, it was on a regular stage, so it was sort of three feet up or something. And Paul would crawl across the floor with what they called idiot cards. I mean, and he would show up cards that said, no more time, or get moving, or you've forgotten, which I once did in a live television show, you've forgotten the yeast, which of course is absolutely dire. The goddamn dough won't rise. Anyway, we had moments. Yeah, not everyone's going to know this, so I'm just going to share this. Sometimes Anne will do her impression of Julia when we're at dinner, and it's a showstopper. That's all I want to say. When you do your impression of Julia, it's a showstopper. Well, I've lined up my little Julia story. And you might even have been there at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. Um, that grand hotel and Julia yes. would every year to give a week of classes. And of course, they were always full to overflowing. And there was a table of foodies, maximum a dozen, but all people who knew Julia well um, and really enjoyed food. And it was one of those times that the States was going through a diet phase. And so the Greenbrier menu had sort of eight main course entries and then two had little sort of daisies beside them that meant that they were low calorie. <laughs> so we were doing our ordering and we went round and we got to Julia and there was something and it had a little rosette called poached halibut. And so when he got to Julia and she said, and I will have the poached halibut she said, and we all kind of paused, low calorie, politically correct. And Julia, with perfect timing, said, and with it, I will have some Hollandaise. <laughs> and it absolutely brought the table of course to attention. So perfect, Anne. Yes, it was just like Julia. 
she was having this all on, you know? Yes. I got to go, I went to Greenbrier, then and you were, you were going to go, and you said to me, it was at the very end of Tony's running the mm -hmm. program, kind of, and, but you had said to me, Denise, you should go to Greenbrier. And I signed up, and I went, and thank God you said that to me, because it was really an extraordinary experience, and to see the, the hotel. It was, I, I always, it's, it, it's something. It's something. I, I don't know if it's still like that, but there's yeah. amazing rhododendron wallpaper on the yeah. wall. And I used to have, because I was in most weeks on the jazzies, the sort of inside whatever, and you would hear these terrible heart-stopping stories like the, the people getting very drunk and having to be taken to their room. Who went with whom? Things like the deaths in the night that had to be kind of, yes. Yes, that's mm. bad for business. <laughs> yeah, bad for business. So there were indeed, there were careful, everything's monitored. You wouldn't have thought it. I'm but sure. Knew where everybody was at any one time. And I, when I was there, I loved it because I love the history of Dorothy Draper and I loved the rhododendron wallpaper and yeah. the bright color. I would say this, if you weren't drunk, um, you might get drunk just on the wallpaper. <laughs> You've certainly got dizzy. If I can ask you this question, there's been so many changes in the past few years in food um, and there always are. You know, that's what recipes, yeah. recipes yeah. on and go and change. Do you see anything? Do you think that there's anything? And blogs, look what blogs did to cookbooks. I mean, it's, it's so many more food writers than there used to be. What would you tell someone that wanted to get into food today, Anne? What do, do you have some just, I know that's a big subject, but some words of wisdom? Well, I don't think it's changed since you and I got into food. When did you write your first cookbook, just for the record? I probably wrote my first cookbook in 1993. And then I didn't write one again, and for almost seven or eight years, because it was so hard. <laughs> oh, go on, Denise. I was kind of, I thought to myself, Indeed. I'm not sure okay. I want to do this again. Oh, I would say to people, assemble what you think you're going to put in the book. Good, yes. I mean, is it reminiscences, or perhaps there's very little text, it's just a mini biography, whatever. You Are you going to do recipes? I think a, a book isn't a cookbook unless it has recipes. And I, enough recipes to anchor it as something that you take into the kitchen and cook from. And that really means a minimum of 45, 50 recipes. Yes. And of course it can mean 700, 800. I've never written anything nearly that long, but like the New York Times cookbook. Yes. And that's a whole other ball game. But okay, you've got 50 recipes plus. Take a look at them. You surely 
have some kind of theme already in mind. Other some of a few recipes that just they may overlap, they may just simply not fit in with the whole. I've just put together lately a book called Cooking with Grandma. Oh yes, you told me about this. <laughs> in that in what it has in it, and it's only about 50 recipes. But look, here I am in England, in Europe, and it turns out it's not really for the American audience, because it's got quite a lot of sort of English things in it, but it's more that they'll, oh, the Brits, possibly the French, will enjoy them. I love it. Now, only a few recipes, but someone looked at it and said, oh yes, for instance, there's Catalonian meatballs. Well, when you look at it, it's got garlic, olives, quite a lot of onion and anchovy. Now, Americans like that kind of thing, but they wouldn't think, oh yes, it's only old meatballs. It's different. What you said, Anne, and I love it, you're anchoring the book into the kitchen with your recipes, but also you have to know your market. That's what you just said. You have to know your market. Well, I think the first thing you do is look at the recipes that you've got and then say, what is my market? Yes. You can do it the other way around and say, now I know I want it to write it for the ladies sewing club. So it's got to have lots, lots of nice sweet desserts and cookies. Um, you can do it either way. Yes. But you need to anchor right from the beginning. Yes. Those two elements. And Anne, we try to ask every guest this. You answer it any way you like to. What would you tell your younger self? What would you tell young Anne if you had the opportunity to? Uh, because, you know, there was a phrase going on here where everyone was writing letters to their young self. And when people said, Denise, what would you tell your young self? I'd say, be prepared for the really rough days. You know what I mean? <laughs> Have a take a helmet. Take a helmet with you. Yes, but you know, I wouldn't change anything. And I know Anne, Anne and I have talked about to each other sometimes how lucky we both feel in our lives. And I think that's because we've gotten yes. to we've gotten to do what we wanted. We got to do what we wanted. We have good health, good husbands, had <laughs> ups and downs, more than good husbands, great supportive yes. husbands. Yes, you're absolutely right. Great husbands makes a huge difference. I agree. And what I always had, and I suspect you did, was family support and always the thought that if you got sick or something really dire happened, there was always a backstop all the difference. I think that's more evident than ever during this pandemic yes. in this difficult time. I agree. I always knew I had backup. 
my family, if I, you know, when I changed careers or I, and I made some horrible mistakes, <laughs> my family still supported me. I can't imagine you making a horrible <laughs> Luckily, most of the people involved and have passed away. So we just kind, of, just kind of cover those stories with the dirt. Now, Madam, thank you so much for talking to us today. What, what are you going to, you wrote your book. You told me this a year ago, I got to see you before all this pandemic. You told me you were going to cook, you were teaching your grandson to cook and you were going to write Cooking with Grandma. What's on the horizon? What are you thinking? Because you're always percolating. What are you thinking of next? Well, I still haven't finished cooking with grandma. Okay. Now, Denise, this would be totally off the top of my head. That's okay. Something like women with men in the kitchen. Cute. Women with men behind them. I get it. Looking, though, not just literally, um, at women in the kitchen. Did they have men behind them? Were the men supportive? Perhaps they had to support the men. There's at least one American, Lydia Child, who had to do that. Her husband was hopeless. He was a charming man. But eventually went to jail. Oh dear! And Hannah Glass, uh, Hannah Glass herself, the famous American um, English cookbook writer, went to jail. I don't know what happened to her husband, but it would be interesting to know where he was in all of that. Absolutely. The men behind the women. Yes. Julia and I. And you are extraordinarily lucky in having men who support us. Absolutely. You, and you said it, and I try to say that sometimes to young women, you know, and of course there are hustlers. I mean, and I have, Cindy and I mm -hmm. had dinner with a, she's actually makes her money, and she's not a food writer, but she's an influencer. She's a mom with three kids. I, I was fascinated by her because she has, but hard work, she's created this. But when I said to her, how motivated you are, she said, my husband doesn't work. <laughs> and she was just as honest about it. And of course, I was, I think I was eating soup. So I was trying not to spit after she had said that. Denise, there's your new book. <laughs> I'm sure you don't need one. But, but it's an interesting theme, and you see it coming up on the screen all the time. I don't know about the states, but at the moment, they're running anything they can think of, of course, but because they can't go out and shoot all over the place. Right. And they're, they're featuring some very interesting careers of all kinds. It's usually showtime careers i mean singers or yes of some kind but there are cooks too nearly always they bring in um the other half whether it's male or female yes mm. 
Anne, thank you so much for this. I hope people, I'm going to say it again. Anne's latest book, Women in the Kitchen, 12 Essential Cookbook Writers Who Defined the Way We Eat from 1661 to Today. And as I said, Anne, I, we're going to have a drawing for your book. So after you, this is broadcast, I bought a second one so we could have a drawing. And several people have already told me that they purchased the book and they have loved it. I would be happy to autograph a book plate. Thank you. We, that's what we will, when we get that far, we will ask you to send us a book plate. And Anne, Absolutely. I cannot thank you. I know you're busy this week, and I know that you just spoke for the um, culinary historians, and they're going to be putting that up on their website so people can hear it. Good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they're our mutual friends. Thank you, Anne, yeah. for everything. And I miss you. Please, I want quick yes. question. Yes, please. What's your next book? Okay, now, Anne, the, the long lingering memoir that you told me I should write 10 years ago, talk about lingering. I blow the dust off it. And, but what I, oh, you know, Anne, this is the reality. Now that I am not working, 50 hours a week styling. I assumed that I would just jump into back into writing and be the busiest person in the world. And in fact, well, I watch a little movie, then I have another cup of tea, then I walk my dog. Yes. yes. I have procrastinated, Anne, but what I did do is I went to a little writer's group and I've it was too much in one book, Anne, and I've divided it in two books and mm -hmm. I'm closer. And one, there's two memoirs, one from when I lived in San Francisco and my family's been there for a hundred years and one from when I worked in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So, And the only good thing is a lot of the TV stars, movie stars, what I've worked with have passed away. So I don't think their estates will sue me. <laughs> oh, well, I, yes, I've never written about um, other people much, but that is a very interesting sidelight. Yes, it is. I had one agent say to me when I sent it out several years ago, she said, I love this book. It's brilliant. We can't publish this book, but we really, but I enjoyed uh, this story. You, you can now. Well, I, I'm working on it, but and I'm not in a hurry. I think that part of this, um, I, I'm, I've had the last year to really, not just because of the pandemic, I've had a year of learning how to relax and enjoy what I'm doing more and not so, not yes. so crazy manic. We have to get together and relax together. Dennis, this is over. I'm coming back to see you and Allie and I'm coming to see your beautiful place. And I had- and we're all going to Paris. Of course you are. No. So oh, you, are you, I get to go to France too? Oh, I'm yes. on. You know, I keep my suitcase. Cindy can come to you. Okay. Oh, Cindy is welcome. Cindy. You know, I keep my suitcase packed, Anne. <laughs> well, you can go into France probably. You probably can't get out. There you go. Thank you so much, Anne. 
thank you so much. The broadcast is up. Don't forget there'll be a drawing for Anne's book. And if you want to reach us, you reach out to us at womenbeyond at icloud.com. Ask us questions if you want to ask Anne any questions. Uh, maybe she'll answer them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Anne. Thank it's you, Cindy. Lovely to see you. Thank you, Allie. It was just, a, it was a heaven and to see you. Goodbye, ladies. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.